They've got man Gene Henley from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, Mox Beat Writer, uh, father of a guy that's going to the state tournament uh, with the Cleveland Blue Raiders. So you got a lot of going on, man. It's our our time of year if you're a basketball fan, right, Gene? Yes, yeah, it's, it's um, you know obviously a fun time. With, you know, March Madness is a week from today, and it, it's funny seeing. Um, you know, looking down and seeing that it's, you know, the, the second Thursday in March and realizing that this time one year ago today I'm in Nashville, you know, along with that, all the other media contingent, you know, for Tennessee, furiously typing away at stories about how the SEC tournament is being postponed or canceled or whatever the terminology was. So um, certainly, you know, an interesting, <laughs> uh, it's certainly interesting times just to see him just how far I guess we, we've come in the past year. But, uh, but yeah, in, in you know, in total, like it's you know, obviously a great time of year for anybody who loves basketball. And this year, people who enjoy football as well, because it's on TV every Saturday. Yeah, we've been reflecting on uh, one year ago today, a little bit earlier in the show. And um, were you actually in the building in Nashville, or were you still trying to get in when when you got word? Uh, we ha- we had actually the media parking was at um, Titan Stadium, and we had pulled up at Titan Stadium. And we were going to take the shuttle over, and I got a call from Stephen Hargis saying you may want to check your phone. And as I'm talking to him, he's asking, "You may want to check, you know, check Twitter." And as I'm talking to him, I start hearing ESPN alerts go off, and it's probably like 11:45 or something. And I hear all these ESPN alerts and alerts and alerts, and the SEC tournament's been canceled, the American Conference tournament's been canceled, the Big Ten is being canceled, and then you had that one lowly basketball game. I can't remember who the two teams were. They were still out there gutting it out, and I think people kind of realized this may be the last basketball game we see. But we were there, um, and I don't remember exactly what time that game started, but uh, we were we were there. We were on site. Uh, we pulled up at Bridgestone Arena, and we didn't necessarily know what to do. I just know that Greg Sankey was up there talking not long afterwards, and we're all trying to figure out what was about to happen next, not knowing a year later uh, maybe we're kind of getting out of it. But I don't really know. <laughs> so. at, at times, sure have learned a lot. <laughs> we have, and at times it feels like it's been ten years, and <laughs> other times it feels like it's been two months. So it's. I see pictures of, I, I see vi- videos, you know, from old stadiums, and I mean, I'm sorry, from games thirteen months ago, and it's funny because, like, you know, we, how sometimes we'll nostalg- nostalgically look back at, you know, maybe video clips from the '80s or '90s or 2000s. And I'm looking back on a full crowd like it was six years ago. It was a year. I mean, Tennessee beat Kentucky and Lexington just barely over a year ago. And, you know, we, we, you know, we make it sound as though it's been like five to ten years, but it really hadn't been that long ago since we were watching games. I was covering basketball, you know, basketball games with 20,000 people and football games. You know, the, the Gator Bowl was, you know, January second of last year I think right. like 60,000 people and you know I think if you counted all of well I mean yeah I mean, UTC will never really not in a full year get to 60,000 fans I mean you hope but they just you know that right now they're struggling to get 60,000 fans in the season but you know for football games but it, it was not that long ago um so from then to now it, it's just it's crazy. Like I said, I, I hope you start seeing things that are starting to come out and 
uh, look a little bit better. And I know Texas is trying to do some stuff, and people may have their opinions on that. But, I mean, just the fact that we're kind of starting to get to the point where these things are in the discussion, um, I think that shows a lot of progress in terms of what we're, you know, what, what's trying, you know, what we're trying to do. And uh, so that part, like I said, that part's encouraging, yeah, for sure. But, man, it has not been that long ago since we were all watching games in front of, you know, watching basketball games with 20,000 people and football with like 60, 70, 80, 90, or over 100. It's going to seem like a lot of people now. <laughs> Next time we experience that, <laughs> no, uh, I laugh at the floor. I watched that Florida Texas A and M game back in September, or October, and I'm like, man, it's a lot of people there, <laughs> and it's it's weird to see because nobody you would it's never call the fire marshal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing here? Now, of course, I mean, it was like there were probably I know they tried to say there were like twenty five, thirty thousand, but come on, man, there were like seventy thousand people. I think I hear people make jokes that it was the only game played in front of a full house. Heck, you know, Florida State coach is still mad because he was trying to he was trying to get a full you know full stadium, you know, in you know in Gainesville, and obviously that didn't work out. But it's just amazing seeing games, and you're just like, man, that that place is pretty packed, and it actually being a you know a conversation starter. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think when all this started, we got to give a shout out to. Uh, two sports specifically, and that's NASCAR and NBA, because I think they showed us, they gave a blueprint of, and NASCAR's a little different, but we'll stick with the NBA, gave us a blueprint of, of how you can do it. And not that everyone can create their own bubble, but just to show us that it can be done safely, you know, with some tweaks here and there. And that's, you know, I think that uh, sports wise, that obviously helped us, but, uh, I, I think it helped a lot of people out there. It's like, okay, this is not, uh, this big mountain we can't get over. I mean, it is possible. Actually, I think the most impressive thing is that despite all of the uh, hiccups, uh, there was a start and a finish to both college football and uh, the NFL. And, yes. you know, like you're right in that, obviously. I, I thought that NASCAR did a great job. I, I, I thought the NBA did a good job, but I also knew that in that setting, they were just trying to finish. So it didn't necessarily matter to them, you know, because obviously they didn't, you know, because they didn't go back to a bubble because it cost too much money. And, you know, there are guys who are talking about depression because they spent like 75 days looking at four walls and not being able to to be active in a city that is full of activity in Orlando. Um, and so you're just sitting there. So, sorry, I'm sitting here watching Bradley Lebanon and Lebanon just scored to go up a point with two seconds to go. Uh. But, uh, so yeah, it's just you know to see it and you know to see NASCAR pull it pull it off to to kind of enjoy some of the golf things that they saw uh, that people wanted to see in terms of those two on two matches or whatever. Um, you know, I, you know, soccer. I, I tried to watch professional soccer, which is really hard when you don't know any of the players. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, in, in different countries too. It's not like I was watching MLS. I'm out here watching you know Bundesliga, and uh, I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. like, man, this. This is intense. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's sports. I mean, you know, you don't you go two and a half months without it. You're like, hey, it's sports. I'll take it. So, yeah. uh, it's certainly come a long way in the year. I'm happy. I'm happy for that. Me too, man. Me too. A little bit about the mocks. Of course, you cover them uh, in football. Um, man, I mean, they kind of lulled themselves to sleep a little bit in the second half uh, against the Citadel, but the fight to win the game in the end. And I'm sure Rusty told you too, but Rusty was on with us Monday, and he said, uh, "He said we get into a situation where we're we're scoring, we're going for two because we're getting on that dang bus and coming home." 
Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, I go back to, I mean, I say go back, but, you know, my first, you know, my first head coach on the on the UTC beat was Russ, I'm sorry, was Russ Usman. And Russ used to always tell me that, you know, talk about the importance of scoring on each possession because against a triple option team because you're not going to get that many of them. And, you know, I, so I, I always remembered that, and that's when I think I predicted that UTC would go for a big play um, early. I mean, I, I look back, and, it's, you know, this year was the seventh consecutive year that UTC's first touchdown went for 60 yards or more. Uh, it's just the weirdest stat, but it's also just kind of telling that, hey, let's hit a big play and get the lead, because they're going to try to shorten the game if they're ahead, and that triple option makes it hard to, you know, to get them off the field. But one thing that I remember Tom Morris, the next coach, telling me was, you know, because he did the same thing in 2018. He went for two, and he got the win. Right. And one of the things that he told me was, you know, when you've got these triple option teams, man, your guys are going up, you know, they're, they're playing a lot of plays. So, you know, kind of similar to what Rusty said, it's like, you know, let's get this thing over with. We're either going to win or we're going to lose in this moment, but we're not going to keep playing these overtimes because defensive players are tired and it's hot outside and, and it's rough. And, and so – you know, so I, it was it was a you know, great play call, and it was executed, and they got the win. And hey, I mean, a road victory in in a pretty decent league. And I think at the end of the day, that's what matters to them far more than anything else. Going to be interesting to see too. After, of course, they're off this week, and then they'll have Furman uh, a week from Saturday. But what happens after that? Because now you're getting even closer to the August camp, and how. How many young guys will play more and that type of stuff? I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. To, to, and he can't unveil what his plan is to everybody or the teams that they're playing will know. But, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that uh, in April football, if you will. I think by the time it's all over with, three of us have a pretty good chance of getting playing time for the team. <laughs> <laughs> it's feel that way. Good. We're going to be uh, bad then, man, real bad. Yeah, no, it's just. Like it's whether people like it or not. Like you've got schools in the league that are trying to, you know, that that are trying are pulling kids from other position groups to try to play because of opt outs and stuff. And right now everything's nice at UTC because two and zero in the league. And in theory, they you know these kids feel like they've got something to play for. Uh, and I know people don't like it when I say this stuff on social media, but the fact of the matter is, I don't know how many. Kids nationally. I'm not going to say UTC, but I'm not, I don't know how many kids nationally really want to play this season. So I'll be interested to see some of these teams in the Southern Conference and around the country who are losing these games. The desire to go out there and hit, knowing you've got to go out there and hit in like three or so months, it, it's not all that. It's not all that exciting, and so I, I just would not be stunned um, to see teams go with depth and. Maybe teams start opting out of that they have nothing to play for because it sounds good in theory. I've always said what they you know what they should have done is have you play a game season. Don't worry about playoffs. Don't worry about champions. But just give you know give these kids an opportunity four to six games. Give them an opportunity to go out there and give your coaches an opportunity to go out there and you know develop depth and play players and try to figure out what you have because you do have to turn back around and play another season. Of course, fans don't really worry about that because it's football on TV on a Saturday. So, and it's really a it's, it's a subdivision that in the fall, I don't know how many people truly are invested in the FCS product. So they don't care. 
because you know, they don't care if the, if the product is horrible in the fall because they're getting it in the spring. So I, I just so they're not so the people who are watching these games, consuming these games on TV on Saturdays, they don't necessarily care that these kids are out here potentially going to play eighteen to twenty games in a calendar year, fifteen, seventeen, whatever the number ends up being in a calendar year. Like they don't care about that because we got football on Saturday. You know, I, I saw somewhere where Hulu is moving their ESPN Plus to their regular live TV. You don't have to, like, go searching for ESPN Plus. It's right there on your Hulu subscription. So everybody's trying to push this ESPN Plus product and push the FCS product in the spring because they know that everybody loves football. But I just wonder, when it's all said and done, how do these kids truly feel? How are they going to feel come April when, as you said, like, we are three or so months away from all camp, and you still have another season. Right. Like, that's just the definition to get talked about because the reality is not many people care about the ones who are out there doing all the work because they're getting, you know, they're getting the reward by seeing games on Saturday. And they just assume that those kids out there just automatically want to be there because if you don't want to be there, why, why would you plug just opt out? But it's bigger than that. So um, I'll be intrigued to see what happens. But right now, UTC 2 and 0. Everything's running hot. Got a quarterback, running back, receivers. Rusty's problem is he's got too many good players. Defense is awesome, too, man. I mean, <laughs> defense is fantastic. I'll tell you he what. He played a walk on defensive tackle last week who had only played in like two games his entire career. But in like five tackles. Play great. <laughs> I know. It's good. Gonna, <laughs> this team's going to be fun to watch for the next couple of years, man. I'm, I'm serious. And it's going to be fun yeah, in the fall. Yeah. It's fun right now. So you mentioned it. Yeah. Lebanon beats Bradley Central 36 uh, 35 on a last second jumper. And that ends Bradley Central's year. What a great season it was. Um, you know, only one loss until today. And of course, um, Jason Ritter, he was on with us yesterday and he just does a great job. But, uh, your son's Cleveland Blue Raiders. And of course, you're a Cleveland graduate too. So they're back to state too. So I know after last year being number one and undefeated, these kids have really got to be excited about this opportunity. No doubt. And I think that the best part about it is just the fact that these kids are going to have an opportunity. The kids who were on the team last year and really we're talking about the kids who are singers now. Uh, Grant Hurst, Clay McGowan, Michael Dell, uh, those three specifically, like they deserve an opportunity for their season to end in some way, shape, or form in Murfreesboro, be it a state championship, a bit, whatever. Um, just because, like, they felt like they had a really good shot of winning it all last year, and you know, and so, like, I- I'm happy for them, uh, probably even more so than the sophomores, and I'm pretty close with the sophomore class, but. Obviously, like my son plays for him, but um, I'm really, I'm truly happy for the seniors because they understand what this is. Like those sophomores, they'll understand afterwards how big this is. Like I talk to my son daily about it. I don't, well, I don't pour into him, but I just kind of have conversations, and you know, it, it does. I don't think it's dawned on them just like the significance of what they've accomplished this year, and. uh you know, and again, like Howard, too. Like, I'm happy to see Howard make it. I'm happy to see all the Chattanooga representation. I want championships everywhere. I'm, I'm greedy. I spent time in that Chattanooga. You know, I spent time in Knoxville. And, like, there's an elitist feeling up there about their sports. And I'm like, look, y'all can say what you want, but your football can be great. But let's be honest. Uh, Hamilton County and Bradley County specifically, they own the winner. You know, Bradley's girls won state two years ago. 
Now, obviously, they got beat the, you know, the first round these last two years, but they're there. Cleveland Floyd's been a state three consecutive years. And the last time I checked, Bradley and Cleveland's wrestling programs dominate the state. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty so, good. This <laughs> just in. <laughs> you, can have the, you can have the fall, and you can even, if you want the spring, you can have the spring, although I'm pretty sure Chattanooga softball has something to say about that as well. Yes. Uh, in tennis. But, you know, like that winter, and so I'm, I'm happy to see, and I want to see Howard go all the way. Like I hated to see Tyler get beat in sub-state. Um, you know, I, I hated to see East Hamilton get beat in the region semis because they were a better team than that Warren County team that we saw in the, in the championship. I mean, it's just reality. They were. Um, you know, so I, I was really happy to see – I'm really happy to see Cleveland there, you know, specifically, but I'm also happy to see Howard there. And I hope, you know, this time – well, this time next week we're playing, but I'm hoping that this time two weeks from now I'm sitting there uh, – Patting my son on the back with you know with the gold ball like in his hand and that'd be pretty sweet. Garb, yeah, uh, that'd be pretty sweet. Gene, we appreciate it as yeah. always, my man. And uh, we'll check back with you. And good luck to him up there in state. Absolutely, en- enjoy that experience with you and your son, man. That's fantastic. Certainly fun, man. Hey, pretty, hey, guys, thanks, uh, thanks for having me, man. Anytime. You got Absolutely. Gene Henley from the Times Free Press, Chattanooga Mock Beat Writer.